You're listening to the Murphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Murphology Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy, aka Murph, and I am here to give tips and information about group bicycling and bicycle touring with a focus on the Midwest and hopefully provide some entertainment for you as well. Well, with me on the show today is Larry Ritland. Hey, Larry. Hi, Kathy. Nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, you were highly recommended by, uh, I guess it'd be a mutual friend of ours. Oh, uh, that would be Jeff? Yeah. At the airport? Yeah. Yep. I see him occasionally out there when I'm doing my little thing. Yeah. He was said something to the effect of, you got to interview this guy. He's got the best stories and the greatest adventures. And I'm like, well, I'll be the judge of that. So now <laughs> <Okay>. here you are. <laughs> start out by uh, giving us some highlights of where you do most of your biking. Maybe, um, I'm assuming that you live here in the same town that I'm in, but uh, where you do most of your biking and what the culture's like. I do primarily the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they serve well for, for the type of biking I do. I'm not, I'm not fast. I just like to just stroll along and Enjoy the sights and uh, and try to keep moving and get some exercise. Awesome. That's my kind of style of biking, too. Um, and how would you describe the culture of this area? Um, I think biking has uh, gained in popularity. I'm glad to see that, uh, that they're trying to do more bike-friendly mm-hmm. lanes in, in downtown Cedar Rapids. It's an interesting um, dilemma, though, with the bike lanes, at least in Cedar Rapids, is because there uh, a lot of them... Uh, change dynamic as you drive through like downtown where there'll be you know a private lane just for bikes and then the next block will be a bike lane painted green and then the next block will be uh you know a trail so it's nice to see cedar rapids is forward thinking but it's a little bit confusing sometimes for both cyclists and motorists well it is as a matter of fact uh, when, when i parked and walked over to the library to uh, meet with you yeah i almost saw an accident where uh, a person Ran a stop sign. Well, actually, they they didn't run the stop sign. They just uh, stopped and then continued through, thinking the other traffic coming the other direction oh, was going to stop because it was a four-way. Was a four-way, which it wasn't. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I heard some words out the window. <laughs> you just waved and said, "I'm going to go on my way." <laughs> I've heard those before. <laughs> uh, well, how did you get into bicycling as an adult? Well, um, I d- did running for years. I had a mm. uh, dresser drawer full of Fun Run T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was talking to one of my daughters, and she, uh, uh, we t- started talking about uh, doing ragbri. And I thought, well, at this point, I'm not getting any younger. I better do it now, or it may not happen. <laughs> so I belonged to the Mac, and uh, instead of doing the treadmill one day, I decided to hop on that stationary bike. Oh, okay. And uh, then my thought was, this was in the fall, so my thought was, if I could work up to 20 miles through the winter on a, on the stationary, then I'll get out in the spring and uh, and really get serious about it. Very good. Okay. So and that's the way it, that's the way it started as an adult, and uh, but unfor- well, not unfortunately, but <laughs> my daughter didn't make it. She well, she ended up getting pregnant, oh. <laughs> so she decided not to do ragbri the following year. <laughs> so that would have been uh, 2015 for my first ragbri. Oh, so but you went ahead even though she oh, couldn't. Yeah. You went. I was determined. I wasn't going to waste all that time on the on the stationery. Very good. And I, I'm assuming at this point, if people have, have been listening to Morphology podcast for a while, uh, they've heard ragbri come up multiple times. But it's basically a seven day tour across the state of Iowa, uh, starting at the Missouri River and ending at the Mississippi River. And it's like a a small town on wheels. Um, And each day we stay in a different community, um, but 
all the bikers are traveling at around the same pace. Um, it's around yeah, 15 to 20,000 cyclists, so we have to spread ourselves out during the day, but we're all on the same route each day. Yep, from town to town, and, and everyone has the same town to end in for the day. Yes. And uh, stay over the, for the night. Yeah. And it gets to, it's, it's kind of taxing for some of the communities, I think, to handle Mm-hmm. that size of a group but the most time accommodate everybody everyone pretty well right right and if you can find a uh, a good church basement you are set for the night because they make the best food <laughs> and pie <laughs> they do they they do a great job those church ladies and, and yeah. men they, yes. they get out there and, and they do accommodate great hospitality yeah oh yeah so i guess the moral of that uh, story is if you have not done ragbri at least go online and check it out ragbri.com r-a-g-b-r AI. And don't worry about your age. I've seen kids as young as five years old mm-hmm. on a tag-along bike with parents. And uh, let's see, I think, what, what is the oldest guy now trying to do? Right? He's got to be in his 90s. 90s, yeah. Well, I guess we were, just before we were recording, we were talking about another local uh, celebrity here in Cedar Rapids, Clarence Bosenberg. And he's in his 90s, and he does rag bright every mile, and he camps. Like, he wow. sleeps on the ground every night. Like I've heard of him. I don't think I've met him yet. But yeah. there's also a lady. Uh, she was, last time I talked to her, she was 89 from Washington, Iowa. Lucy. Everybody knows her as Lucy. Oh, okay, okay. And is she still doing rag rag? I don't know. I didn't see her last year. Ah, well, there's so many people. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to miss it. So. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you uh, call yourself the old cycling veteran, and you even have a Facebook page to prove it. Um, and I'm assuming that means that you are a veteran. So I want to make sure I say thank you for your service. Yeah, um, thanks for thanking me. Yeah, it's it's uh, awesome to be in your presence and know that you have helped out our country. Um, but how did that name come to be? Well, my daughter was going to help me set up a Facebook page when I was going to do this uh, epic ride across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to capture who I am, and I'm old, (laughs) I cycle, and I'm a veteran. (laughs) So perfect. (laughs) That was was probably an hour-long meeting. It was. But I bet it took, you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. Yep, we, yeah. Well, and there's actually an old veteran, I think, was already taken. Oh, okay, all right. um, For some of the... uh, Facebook pages. So anyway, that's that's the story behind the uh, old cycling veteran. And uh, that Facebook page is specific to, uh, like you said, an epic cross-country adventure that you did. So I want to get right into that because um, it goes back to you being a veteran um, and cycling. I'm not going to say that you're old. You can say that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I like it when uh, some of the younger people I work with, I, I do some part-time work. And yeah. they, uh, if they call me the old man, I think that I take that as a compliment. <laughs> Awesome. Well, the most recent uh, epic adventure that you did was riding across the United States. And uh, according to what I saw on your Facebook page and what I've um, heard about you, you did that ride to raise awareness for the American Legion. Is that true? That's true. Well, let's hear about uh, this adventure. Well, the American Legion, first of all, it's a veterans organization. It's Mm -hmm. been around since 1919. Ah. First organized in 1919. So obviously this was the 100th anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. So I decided that uh, since uh, I'd been on the road, I drove tour buses and trucks for years and didn't have a chance to attend the meetings or really get involved that much. So I figured, well, this year's the 100th anniversary. Let me uh, see what I can do to to kind of correct that situation and Mm -hmm. uh, draw some attention to the American Legion, which Mm -hmm. is a great organization. 
Oh, yeah. I um, have definitely, you know, biking through small towns, uh, you can't pass up stopping at an American Legion, which, you know, my um, reason for stopping is probably not the same as yours. I like to go there for uh, hearing stories and cheap beer and, you know, get, finding a Miller High Life on the shelf. Like, Well, it's, that's <laughs> funny. It's, it, it, a lot of people do have that uh, image and uh, think of the American Legion that way, but they do great things. As a matter sure. of fact, there's a, there's a uh, group called the American Legion Riders, and I like to say that it's kind of the answer to the Hells Angels of the American oh, Legion. Nice. Okay. But they, they're motorcycle riders, and they raise thousands of dollars for uh, children mm-hmm. of uh, lost or wounded veterans, okay. disabled veterans, they okay. for scholarships. Very cool. Um, and is, does that organization still exist today? Oh, yes. It's very popular. Yeah, it started out in, I believe it was Michigan, just by a few uh, motorcycle guys got mm-hmm. together. But um, I was trying to think of organizing a, a smaller version on bicycles. Sure, yeah. Just to raise money and do things like that. But it's, uh, it has a long ways to go if I'm going to get it off the ground. But I'm, I'm still considering it. Right. Well, you've, you've got your uh, first one done, your 2019. Um, tell us about the actual ride. You know, like how many miles did you do? Where did you start? Where did you end? Well, the starting point was uh, a town called Ocean Shores, Washington. Mm-hmm. It's on the west co- coast, obviously, and it's right on the, the uh, a beach. So oh. I've got a in my Facebook page. I have a picture of my wife and I on the on the uh, beach first day, getting started. And from there, we uh, went through uh, Washington, of course, and um, Idaho, Montana, down through a little bit of Wyoming, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. West Virginia, uh, Maryland, and uh, Virginia, and then into Washington, D.C. on day 73. 73 days it took you to do this? It was. I'm not very fast. The, I was going to say the opposite. That's very fast. Well, I, actually, if I was going to do it again, which I've considered, I would take a lot longer because there were so many places that I stopped or went through and visited. I wanted to spend more time there. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, were you uh, self-supported or did you have support? Well, I had support. My wife uh, was my support team of one. <laughs> support and she team did of a, one. <laughs> she did a great job. She would go ahead of me, you know, 10, 15 miles, and then I would uh, catch up. And she'd have snacks or, you know, water, Gatorade. But I've seen the, the true, the true cr- cross-country team with all their gear. And I don't think I'm up to that, <laughs> that level. They're, they're just a grade above. Sometimes those bikes weigh as much as people. Like, those I are know. Uh, Fully, fully, or fully uh, self-contained. Is, self-contained. But, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I'm just. I'm just a kind of a supportive guy, kind of like Ragbri. Yeah. You just ride every day and don't have to worry about all your gear. Right. It right. just shows up when you arrive in the next city. Right. And so you started in the state of Washington and ended at Washington D.C. How did you choose to pick the route? Um, the uh, bicycle organization in uh, Missoula, Montana. I believe it's called Adventure Cycling Association. Yes, it is. Yep. And as a matter of fact, I did stop there. My wife and I stopped there one day. Um, <clears throat> they have a different route you can take. So I ordered their book um, because I did, did join the, uh, the organization. And, mm-hmm. and I received one of their books of going across the country. So I used that as part of my route. And then a lot of it because of places I wanted to go through and end up in Council Bluffs to mm-hmm. begin Ragbri of 2019, mm-hmm. I uh, I modified their route and did a lot of my own uh, routing to uh, to come up with that route through Iowa for Ragbri. And I thought it was cool, um, at least based on your Facebook page, that you were visiting American Legions along the way. That's correct. I uh, 
contacted, well, when I set up my route, then I knew where I'd be each evening, each mm-hmm. at the end of each day. So I contacted American Legion posts across the country in those towns and asked if they would be interested in hosting me. Unfortunately, there wasn't a great response, but the ones who did respond were very enthusiastic. Oh, awesome. Um, and so were you able to stop at those places um like when you say host, does that mean that sometimes they were feeding you or giving you uh, overnight accommodations? They did. They uh, they would provide a, uh, a motel. Uh, we stayed in two homes. Oh, nice. Then uh, some would provide dinner and breakfast. It was uh, it was a unique experience because then I got to meet those people and sure and. Um, Get to know them a little better and, and get to know a little bit more about their towns as sure. well. Any good stories or good people that you met along the way? Well, the one in particular that comes to mind was in uh, Little Brewster, Nebraska. There was mm-hmm. an, a couple there, and uh, they were just the greatest couple. They had this uh, lodge called Uncle Buck's Lodge, <laughs> and they put it together about 25 years ago. It had maybe eight rooms, and uh, on our way out, we traveled by my pickup, of course, to, to take all our gear and the bike out to Washington State. So we went through, or traveled part of my route backwards going mm-hmm. out to Washington State, and we came across this place, and we said, well, we'll have to look at our schedule to see if we can book this for a couple of nights. Because sure. about every six days I would have a down day where I'd uh, do things in the area, like Gillette, Wyoming was the 4th of July, so we went to the oh, Gillette, perfect. Wyoming parade. Perfect, yeah. 4th uh, of July parade. So in Brewster, anyway, we stayed two nights, Sweet old couple, and uh, he was actually Cowboy of the Year in that in uh, Nebraska. Wow! Several years ago, he looks like the old uh, Marlboro guy without the cigarettes. Oh sure. <laughs> and uh, they fed us, lodged us as I said for two nights, and we when we went to check out and pay them, they wouldn't take a dime because they were oh. so impressed with what we were doing, oh, riding across cool. the country for the American Legion. Oh my gosh, that's that's so a that feel was, good story. Yeah, it was a great great experience to meet them and and have that uh, feeling that they really cared about what we were doing. Sure. Um, and you mentioned uh, Gillette, but uh, any other favorite places that you visited? We uh, spent a uh, night in, uh, two nights in uh, Indianapolis, and one of those oh. was, uh, the one of the down days, was uh, touring the American Legion headquarters, which is in Indianapolis. Uh, ah, okay. So we got a special tour. As a matter is of the fact, headquarters more like a, like a museum? No, it's it's their actual. Uh, they do have a small museum in the building, mm-hmm. but it's their it's their actual headquarters of the entire American Legion national wow. headquarters. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In Indianapolis, and it turns out that one of my friends that I rode a school bus with back uh, around Little Roland, Iowa, mm-hmm. his niece works for the American Legion at the national headquarters. Ah. So I contacted Jill. Bob said, "Get a hold of my niece." So I did. And Jill gave us a private tour and took us to lunch and just had a nice, a nice visit at the uh, headquarters of the American Legion. That's impressive. Well, thanks to my, my old uh, school bus friend. Yeah. It worked oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Do you recall how many miles your entire adventure was? How can you forget? <laughs> 3,620. Wow. That's quite impressive. So, yeah, it... Uh, it, it was it was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, especially when you you know told the story about uh, what was it just four years ago? You were like on your stationary bike, thinking if I can get twenty miles in. Well, and prior to that, um, I had an old uh, hybrid bicycle, mm. Schwinn, that I bought from Skunk River Cyclery in oh, uh, Ames, Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa, yeah. And my wife and I each, each uh, bought similar bikes, the old Schwinn, and that was in two thousand one. 
Okay. And the longest I'd ridden it, I think I estimated because I didn't have all the computer gear that people have now. Sure. Uh, we got uh, lost on the trails up in Cedar um, Cedar Falls and Waterloo. Oh, There's sure. a lot of trails. Yeah. So I think we ended up riding about 20 miles. So that uh, prior to the two, uh, 2015, <laughs> that was the longest I'd ever ridden a bicycle. And is that the bicycle you used for this cross country? No. No. <laughs> I it uh, I've used it on occasion, but uh, when I first started riding, after I got through with the stationary, that's spring of 2015. I that's really the only bike I had, so I bought my first road b- bike in April of 2015. Okay, just before my first ragbri, I paid as much for that new road b- bike as I did my first new car. Oh my goodness! Which was a 1970 <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> You know, I I say the same thing because I spend a lot of money on my bicycles, but I also spend more time on my bicycle than in my car, at least uh, during the warmer months. Well, I, I I tell people that if they're thinking about getting into bicycling, I get something that's a, a decent bike. Get right. a good bike. I think you'll first of all you'll still want to waste the money and then not ride it. Right. And secondly, you'll you'll just feel better out right. there riding a decent bike. Yeah, comfort's important, and shopping local is pretty important, too. So what would you say, uh, how would you describe the finish line, getting to the end, knowing you're done? Uh, relief. Relief. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to finish. I um, And uh, I'd been in touch, with, I have three daughters, I'd been in touch with, with my daughters, of course. And uh, so all three of them in the beginning said, well, we're going to meet you in Washington, D.C. if you make it. And I said, yeah, right. <laughs> They did. They, were they all showed up. Oh, that's they great. They did. Three daughters and five grandchildren. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And met me at the, at the finish line. And one of my daughters, uh, the one in Manchester, Iowa, she had T-shirts made up. Oh, okay. With hashtag the old cycling veteran. Oh, very it. cool. And then on the back, she had the number of miles. But the, the person who printed it took some, put a couple numbers in the wrong place. So it was 3,160 miles instead of 3,500. And Uh-oh. 3,620 miles. Did you get a black Sharpie out for that? (laughs) Oh, we didn't quite do that, but we knew. I knew what it was. Exactly. You knew, yeah. So uh, I did read that you had a little bit of a mishap. So as you were, you know, crossing the finish line, that the term relief uh, means more than one thing. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what happened? Oh, that was was quite the event. Three days before the finish on the uh, Chesapeake and Ohio Canal towpath. If you remember your history, there was a towpath that pulled barges. The towpath was for the mules and horses that pulled the barges on that canal. Oh, okay. From uh, Washington, actually Georgetown, up to, I guess it went to Ohio, but primarily along the Potomac River. So I was on that trail, which is not a good trail for road bikes. If you're going to do I'm that trail. I'm assuming it's like gravel or dirt or... It is. It's gravel, dirt. Uh, there's rocks. There's uh, tree stumps, not stumps, tree roots. Mm. And... Uh, a lot of things that can get in your way and cause mm-hmm. problems. Well, anyway, I, I got thrown off my bike, hit a guardrail on the right side, my ribs, and uh, it hurt a mm. lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two nights, I didn't get a lot of sleep, as well as my wife, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And uh, when I got to Washington, D.C., not knowing I had any serious problems, but um, one of my daughters is a nurse, and they could tell I was in a little bit of pain. They said, yeah, you you got to go to the emergency room, which my wife had been trying to get me tell to go. Tell you that for two days. You're like, I am not going to end gonna, it now. This is not, <laughs> not going to end. We're going to make this. Um, so we did. We, we uh, went to an emergency room. 
in, I can't recall the town right now, but um, they were amazing. Um, I was checked in, scheduled for x-rays, took x-rays, x-rays read, met with doctor, prescription uh, uh, written and filled, all in within an hour. An hour? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, my goodness. It was a, uh, let's see, what day of the week? Saturday? They, fortunately, they weren't very busy. Mm-hmm. And I, we called ahead to find a place. We're looking on our, you know, with the GPS and all that. We found a uh, hospital, so we called them. It was on the way to where we were going to stay. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, come on in. We'll take care of you. So I ended up, I had three fractured ribs. So oh, my gosh. For those that know the ribs, it's eight, nine, and ten. Oh, my so and yeah, it it, uh, it painful times, and they don't do anything for the for ribs. You just uh, oh they to give you some high performance pain pills, and my doc my daughter saw the pain pills I received and said, yeah, you can sell these on the street. <laughs> so had that had you gone into the emergency room, and still had to ride two more days, I'm guessing those pain meds wouldn't have worked to be able to pedal. You know it. The, the funny thing, Kathy, it's, it wasn't uh, the pain of riding. It was pain just getting on and off the bike. Oh, That's okay. What, that was a problem. Once I got in position on the bike, I was fine. Okay. It didn't really hurt. That. Well, yeah, I, could, I knew yeah, something you, was You knew it was there. Mess, I'm but, sure uh, taking a deep breath was not the no, you had easiest the thing co- to do. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my. Well, I'm glad that you ended up making the finish line, even with three broken ribs. Well, it was, I did. I, I'm glad I did, too. Because <laughs> after, you know, after all that training preparation you don't want to give up oh for sure yes yeah uh well any uh, funny or interesting stories that you want to share with the listeners well um not anything really funny i guess it's just the uh one of the experiences i had was was uh, fun that was in um, alliance nebraska they uh, the american legion commander there called me several times and asked when i'd be rolling into town i said well i'm not really sure he said well can you make it by five I think it was 5 or 5.30. I said, yeah, I know my pace, and I can figure it out. Just mm-hmm. If you want me there, I'll, I'll start that morning and make sure I pace myself and get there. Mm-hmm. At that time, well, it turns out he had a, a police escort arranged with the Legion riders of his Legion oh, to nice. escort me into town. Yeah. So he finally he let me know that he was going to do that, and we met at a, at a um, rendezvous location outside of town, and the police, a couple of police cars showed up. The Legion riders showed up, and... Uh, Got an escort into town, then a meet and greet at the Legion Hall that evening. That is amazing. And they and then they also awarded me what's known as the uh, uh, Quilt of Valor. Oh. There's uh, an organization, and I think it's based right here in Iowa, Quilts of Valor, that are awarded to or given to uh, veterans, and uh, they thought I was worthy of it, so I was given that uh, Quilt of Valor, which was quite an honor. Yeah. Well, the whole experience sounds like quite an honor. Um, and when you say the um, American Legion riders, it's the motorcycle gang, right? That's the motorcycle gang of the American Legion. So you've got a police escort and a bunch of motorcycles getting yeah. you into town. It was, yeah, that was, it was fun. Oh, was fun. that is awesome. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by MooseTreksBikepacking.com. One great new product is the Rear Rack Saddle Pack. These dual-attached roll-closure top-opening packs have a combined capacity of about 12 liters. Check out this item on Amazon and enter promo code MURPHOLOGY to get 20% off. Now back to the show. Well, I mentioned a couple times that you have a Facebook page. Um, would you be willing to share what that is so that people can uh, check out your trip? Well, yeah, simply uh, www.facebook.com slash the old cycling veteran. 
easy enough. And the pictures are amazing. Um, you did such a great job with uh, telling the story. It's I highly recommend people check it out. Yep. If you want to check it out, please do. Um, and uh, if you want to ride across the country, let me know. I might join you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of rides, you also did another ride that I consider epic, and that was the Alaska Highway ride. Um, I did. That was in uh, 2016, three years ago. Um, in 2012, I uh, had heard about it, and being a farm boy from Iowa, I'd heard about uh, the harvest run for wheat, a wheat harvest run, where you start in Texas and work your way all the way up to uh, North Dakota into Canada harvesting wheat as it ripens. Oh, okay. So... Um, I decided to do that one one year, and I met a guy, uh, met several people, of course, but one of the guys decided to do the uh, Alaska Highway with me after I put it on uh, a couple of Facebook posts, and he picked up on it and said, well, I want to go with you. So um, he he did, and like I said, that was in 2016. As a matter of fact, I thought Ragbri was so much fun, and, and I felt so good after finishing that I started thinking about something else I could, could do. And I've been to Alaska via the Alaska Highway uh, six times. As a matter of fact, I worked up there one summer. I drove a tour bus for the cruise people on the land tour. So I decided that would be kind of fun. So um, Tolly, Tolly from Washington State, he uh, got a hold of me and said, well, let's, uh, let's do this. I'll go with you. So he flew to uh, Winnipeg. That's not right. Edmonton. He flew to Edmonton, and that's where we met him. And then we started uh, up the Alaska Highway, which starts in British uh, Dawson City, British Columbia. and or Excuse me, Dawson Creek. Dawson Creek, British Columbia, and it goes up through the Yukon and into Alaska. And I'm going to guess, I'm just making a guess here, that that is not a flat highway. Well, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, uh, the Alaska Highway, people aren't, fully aware of what what it's all about it was built in originally built in 1942 mm-hmm. and uh, f- during world war ii to transport supplies and troops up to alaska because their f- threat of invasion by the japanese into alaska which they did that's another story they did get into a couple of islands on the aleutian chain anyway um <clears throat> it's um right now about 1387 miles is the official distance mm-hmm. and uh it was uh, it built in just uh, nine, nine months, and it was all gravel. And people who drove it in the 50s and 60s, it was still all gravel. But now it's pretty much, uh, the entire distance is pretty much like a good county road in Iowa. Okay, okay. So it's, it's, not, it's not too bad to ride, and, and good shoulders along parts of it. And if it's called a highway, is it actually like highway speeds? Yeah, you can, you can uh, I, when I first drove it, uh, 2002 well let's see i drove it before that but anyway i drove it in my in my pickup when i went up to work that summer i set my cruise on 80 going through the yukon <laughs> because the uh the yukon's interesting there's uh mounties mounties patrol mm-hmm. uh the yukon because the yukon doesn't have its own provincial police like others because it doesn't have a large enough population for a tax base to support its own oh, okay. province okay. so it's called the yukon territory and it's uh, the mounties that's where you see those pictures of the Mounties in the summertime yeah. on their horses yeah. yeah but it's 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 interesting and it's pretty wide open now bicycling it it's uh it's a different story uh the, the interesting thing about riding driving or bicycling rather the Alaska Highway is the number of motorhomes and RVs that go up there during the summer uh, yeah that's and 
they, uh, they, uh, I don't think they like bicycles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, passing, getting past too close by one of those vehicles is, there's nothing fun about it. No, it's not. Um, so tell us about that ride. I mean, was, how many miles did you do? We did, well, um, that one really took some planning. Uh, I had a trailer, and if you look at the, uh, the Alaska Highway ride, the uh, trailer was, was painted up with the, the Alaska Highway ride, uh, I can't remember all that's it's on it. But anyway, we went, um, we started in uh, Dawson Creek, British Columbia, and that was uh, 21 days. Oh, okay. Was all, was all it took us. Now, I didn't ride every day of that ride. Uh, one day it was just so cold and rainy uh, going through the Rockies that I didn't didn't ride. Totally did. And he, <laughs> he was, of course, he's 24 years old and I was oh. 68. <laughs> so there's a little age difference right, there. Right, right. <laughs> So he could, I guess he had a little more stamina than, than the old man did. Yeah. And when you said you have a trailer, did you actually have your gear on the trailer or did you, were you supported on this event too? My good wife was along on that one. She drove the uh, pickup pulling the trailer. And uh, fortunately I had my old Schwinn in there as well because I broke a shifting cable on my, my nice uh, uh, good road bike. Mm-hmm. I used, for the last four days, I used the old Schwinn. Well, good thing you had it. It, it came through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Alaska Highways is a is a fun experience too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we probably went a little bit too early because it was it was uh, pretty cold going through the Rockies. It's down to 40, 40 degrees with rain Ooh. several days. Yeah, and uh, we even got hailed on one day. It's hard to uh, figure out your gear when it's cold like that because you know when you're cycling you warm up so quick, and to have you, know, you can't have too many layers because once you start sweating that's the as my friend Rob says, that's kind of the kiss of death. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, uh, I I think I would do that one again as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that um, a lot of people think of that. One of the things that I f- thought was really interesting uh, as we were going up the Alaska Highway, we met people with all the full gear, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier, coming down the Alaska Highway. Okay. And they were on their way to Patagonia, all the way down to, uh, where is it, Chile, Argentina. Oh, so they're going the whole... Yeah, the entire, uh, what is it, Pan-American Way? Or sure, uh, yeah. So they they had uh, plenty of gear, and we met uh, guys uh, from South Korea, England, Germany, uh, Ireland, that they, they were all taking... Uh, now, they weren't all in one group, they were... Mm-hmm separately along the way but of course on the alaska highway you don't see that many bicycles so you're going to stop and talk talk to each other right and um they were all taking the ones we met nine months to a year just on their bike and enjoying life that way wow i just am not familiar with the alaska highway bike ride um were there towns spaced properly for you to be able to stop or were you camping or that's that's where the uh, the logistics comes in because we um there's not a town, there's not a, uh, with motels or something you'd stay in. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay in tents. Again, I'm too old for that every night. So I had hotels and the little Ma and Pa um, motels booked along the way. Mm-hmm. But they could be 70, uh, 70 miles from your ending point for the mm-hmm. day. So fortunately, as I said, my wife was along with our trailer. So we'd put the bikes in the trailer and we'd go maybe go forward 70 miles to the motel. Then in the morning, back 70 miles to that ending point. Oh, to get back at your point. And to start again and then ride 70 miles. So we might be in the same hotel again. Sure. A couple of nights. Sure. So we did that a lot. 
it's it's nice to have a vehicle there because yeah. then you can do things like that and still not. Now the ones who are self-supported, obviously they uh, they would stop and had their tents and right food and whatever they needed with them, so they would just stop wherever they needed. Now there's a couple of places that you do have to be aware of wildlife, but the wildlife sightings are good. We saw grizzly and moose and oh and, wow, you know all the typical wildlife you see in that part of the country. Yeah, oh that's great as long as it's from a distance, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Uh, well, coming back uh, to Iowa, um, you are also part of, you know, we mentioned earlier that you do RAGBRAI. Um, now, are you still with the same team that you, uh, I see pictures of on Facebook? Yes. I, um, my first RAGBRAI, obviously I knew nothing about RAGBRAI, well, how, to, how to get prepared for it. wasn't uh, even familiar with bicycling that, uh, that much. So I contacted, uh, again, a friend of a friend. And uh, he was the leader of a group called Team Jazzed. Okay. Shout out to Team Jazz. Team, team Jazz. <laughs> and uh, Ty, the good old Ty, he's our uh, fearless leader. And the, the name came about because he plays in a jazz band, saxophone. Oh, okay. So we have all tie-dyed T-shirts and team jerseys with tie-dyed and kind of a saxophone-type image on mm-hmm. the front and back. Uh, yeah, the pictures that I saw, you look, you guys all are wearing the same thing. It looks pretty cool. We like to uh, start out the first day on Ragbri with the same jerseys, yep, and then end the last day with the same jersey. Very good, yeah. And then, uh, like af- as you guys are sitting around camp at night, does somebody pull out their uh, musical instruments <laughs> and you have a little? We haven't we jam. haven't done that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's usually kind of a, a, a low key. We get around and chat, but uh, several of the, the team members go to. Uh, you know, the concerts or whatever yeah. entertainment's in town for the night. They, they like uh, music. Uh, just be, and Ty is a uh, pastor. Mm-hmm. And just because it's a pastor doesn't mean we don't have a, a beer or two sure. at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, so do you plan to do Ragbra again in 2020? I do. Awesome. That's I, awesome. As a matter of fact, I'm considering doing both. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun to go, uh, go east to west for and once. And then back again, yeah. I um, am considering doing the same thing, but uh, I do self-contained, so well, I, I'm trying to figure out if my body can handle uh, 16 days. Of, oh, you'll you'll make it. You'll yeah. make it. Of course, yeah. Once I'm out, I I'll do it. I I'll be like you. I don't. I hope I don't have broken ribs, but I'll no. still do it. <laughs> but it won't stop you either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention about the American Legion. Um, you mentioned it. It was the hundredth anniversary or birthday of the American Legion in, in 2019. And uh, it was celebrated on RAGBRAI this year. So I thought it was cool that you did this cross um, country bike ride, but you made sure to incorporate RAGBRAI in there. Um, I thought that was amazing that you could, you know, the amount of logistics that probably went into that ride were uh, phenomenal. Yeah, it took a while to get the uh, get the schedule the way I wanted it. I, I rerouted uh, days several times. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, we even rerouted on the route. Um, instead of going through the Black Hills, as it turned out, it was over the 4th of July weekend. And the Legion Post there that I contacted said, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but this is also the 100th anniversary of our local rodeo. Oh. <laughs> so it's going to be crowded. Yeah. So I said, well, maybe it wouldn't be a great time to go through right. the Black Hills. So, right. so we um, changed the route, went uh, down through uh, Wyoming and into Gillette for a couple nights. Oh, yeah, that you did say that you were there for 4th of July. Um, but something else I saw uh, in addition to, um, well, let me back up. So I read that you've been cycling your age as far as miles on your birthday the last few years. And then you kind of upped the ante because it was American Legion's 100th anniversary. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Uh, I started when I was 60. As a matter of fact, my first uh, RAGBRAI, and that's what I like to tell people, is don't worry about how old you are. Just get out and do it. Because mm-hmm. I st- my first RAGBRAI, or when I started biking, I started when I was uh, 67. So I've done five, five RAGBRAIs, six century rides, uh, the Alaska Highway cross-country ride, all after the age of 67. Wow. So, you know, don't let that, that stop you. And um, the American Legion 100th anniversary, I decided to do 100 miles this year. And we did that, uh, there was eh, six of us, I believe it started out, mm-hmm. that did the uh, 100 miles. We went from Legion Post to Legion Post, starting in Marion, and made a big circle down to uh, Solon. Oh, and sure. And okay. then back, back up through uh, Springville. Let's see, where else did we go? Central, Central City, Center Point, and then back ending in, well, through Hiawatha and in Marion. Mm-hmm. I think we visited like six posts, but it, the route turned out to be, according to my little computer, was 101 miles. Oh, perfect. So, so the 100, 100 miles celebrating the 100th anniversary. Yeah. Do you know if you keep cycling into the future, there might be a chance you do another 101 mile <laughs> <laughs> on your birthday? <laughs> my 100, 101st birthday, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I think uh, we can get the listeners to, you know, we can have more than six people show up for that one. Oh, I hope so. Get and, a big party. And we're, we're thinking about making that an annual event for the 100 miles, um, Legion Post to Legion Post. Mm-hmm. And kind of a fundraiser uh, would be the first June, hopefully, the first Saturday in, in June was what we were oh, kind of looking at. Yeah. And it, I think it would be motivation for people to do that distance early in the spring. It would motivate them through the winter to keep, keep uh, training. Yeah, to keep training, and then also it's great practice to find out if your body's ready for longer distance rides as the weather gets nicer. Well, later in June also comes the uh, what is it called the Tom RV that that rides. Oh, Tomrov. Yeah, yes. Tomrov. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, um, that's a good one. that's uh, I think 100 miles two two different days mm-hmm. on a weekend. So I'm, I haven't done that one yet. I'm thinking about getting trained up, getting ready for that as well. Mm-hmm. And that was my next question. Do you have any bike tours? Uh, on the horizon, I know that you you're going to do RAGBRAI. RAGBRAI and maybe Iowa's ride. We'll we'll see how it um, how it turns out this summer. Um, the ride along the Mississippi River we just mentioned, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's one I'd like to do. It's it's pretty rugged though. I'm not sure if I'm up to it, but it's uh, take. There's a trail through the Rockies. I understand it goes from uh, Canada down to New Mexico mm. along the uh, the Rockies. That'd be a north south route. So I'm thinking about looking into that and, and uh, giving that a try. Might need an e-bike for that one. Well, I'm going to have to. I'm going <laughs> to have to change one. equipment. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds like a aggressive one. Well, yeah, it's it it would be, and I don't think you can be supported on that one. You'd have to ah. uh, with a vehicle. That is, you'd right. have to be self-contained pretty much. But right. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it uh, how things shape up. Awesome. I got to see how this old body is in another year or so. <laughs> well, you know, half the battle is your attitude, and you definitely have that nailed down. Like you. Well, thanks. I try to yeah, stay. Yeah, you are super positive, and um, I can tell that you are ready for the next adventure. Well, I, I, I'm ready for any adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and uh, I know I'll be somebody that will be following your Facebook page and. Um, 
I would love to be part of that 100-mile ride next June and um, at least the birthday one. Okay, we'll, we'll keep you posted Yeah, and um, see, where it, see where it goes. Awesome. And for those people who uh, didn't write it down the first time, go to the Facebook uh, website page, which is basically just The Old Cycling Veteran on Facebook. That's it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. Well, it was great having Larry on the show today, and I wanted to take a few minutes to talk a little bit more about the American Legion. Uh, formed in 1919, as we mentioned, it celebrated its 100th anniversary this year. The American Legion has a focus on service to veterans, service members, and communities. It's one of the most influential nonprofit groups in the U.S. There are over 2 million members with over 13,000 posts worldwide. Now, within the American Legion is a group called the Legion Riders, which Larry mentioned, made up of motorcyclists who are members. They do a ton of fundraising, and there are over 100,000 Legion Riders across the U.S. The American Legion has a ton of programs to help veterans understand their benefits, get troop and family support, and also get education and career help. They also provide scholarships to help veterans along with families of fallen troops. You can become a member of the American Legion if you have served in the U.S. Armed Forces, or you can donate to the American Legion by simply going to legion.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Check out morphologypodcast.com for all kinds of great info and email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate your time today and thanks for tuning in to listen to the Morphology Podcast. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Germany Kent. Believe you can get what you want and define what you want in such a way that you begin to visualize it as though it is a memory and not a dream. Think about it.